Hi, welcome to View from the Bridge. I'm Patrick Delmore. And I'm Matthew Kirchner. His last name revealed at last. <laughs> uh, I'm the host of another podcast about Star Trek you may have heard of, Next Generation's First Generation, where me and Sasha Shouties do uh, commentary on Star Trek The Next Generation episodes on their 30th anniversary. This is not going to be like that show. That show is a commentary. It lasts the length of an episode of Star Trek and a little bit longer. Uh, this show, View from the Bridge, is just an informal discussion between two good friends that like Star Trek, but for very different reasons. Um, Matt is very uh, military-minded and is very has read a lot more of the history of Star Trek. He's actually watched more than I have, because I have not seen all of Enterprise. I have not seen, I have not seen all of Voyager. What I've seen all of is, uh, or the original series for that matter, and Matt's watched all of that. I've seen all of The Next Generation, although not in a while because I'm watching it in order very slowly for my podcast. I've seen all of Deep Space Nine, and I've seen all the movies. So those are, those are basically our credentials. We're just, you know, two, two nerds in our, uh, in our late 30s chatting about Star Trek Picard, and, uh, we hope you enjoy listening to that. Not that you would be here if you didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've watched the first three episodes of Picard, which are all that's out right now. I've seen um, episode... The first episode I've watched three times now. The next two episodes I've only watched once. And um, where I'm at right now is I love the premiere. I think the premiere is one of the strongest premieres they've ever had. The next two episodes are really no better or worse than what they've been doing on Discovery, which uh, is a total mixed bag for me. Um, I'm, I'm more into kind of their short trek stuff, but I feel like they used that formula for the first episode of Picard by having the, the data appearance and the uh, you know telling us about what had happened with uh, with Mars and the interview scene at. As we moved forward, it just kept getting... It was just more and more exposition. It was like, well, you thought you knew this, but there's this other part to it. We thought you knew this, but there's this other part to it. And the the biggest problem I have with it is all the characters on the show already know this. It's not like they're getting surprised by this information. It's just like we didn't want to give the audience all that information in episode one. Yeah, and, and I, we should note that, which, which you discovered, is that they, the first three episodes were intended to be a pilot. Yeah. And so, having watched the, the first and then the second independently, not knowing that, I agree. It was kind of... I, I'm not as big a fan as the first episode as you are. I actually think the second episode was a little bit better. Hmm. Uh, the first one was a little too... Oh, you know, I, I, I don't know... Just, this is Picard in his retirement. He's just kind of slothing around. And you have the, the, the only thing that I took away from that one first part uh, was the interview, which I thought was pretty good, where you, where you actually see a resemblance of the old Picard. This just looked like uh, a Starfleet retirement home kind of thing. I, I really didn't get anything new from it. But once you would, once you had mentioned that you'd found out that it's, it's supposed to be a three-parter, it's made sense. I've mm -hmm. watched each of the three episodes equally now, both of them twice. No one more than the other. Okay. And I actually watched them the other day, all three of them together. Okay. As one long thing. You watch it as one long episode, it's way too long for a pilot, I think. 
but it does make things sense because you're not because right after we watched the first episode, we had a, probably a dozen theories and yes. questions. Yes. What's this about? What's that about? I remember one of mine was all right. They got rid of all in artificial life. What about EMHs, specifically the the doctor from Voyager? Mm-hmm. But we find out in the third episode that e- EMHs still exist on there on that one guy's ship. He has an EMH and he has even a. Uh, an ENH, an emergency navigation hologram, and it makes sense the way they're doing it that it's of him, because it, because the holodeck technology already existed to make a copy of a person. So you would think that that's what you would want is you wouldn't want to have, um, you know, Robert Picardo be everybody's EMH. You would want it to be to look like somebody they trust. Like well, I don't know, I'd want Robert Picardo yeah. to be my <laughs> EMH, but maybe you know, I could see your point. Yeah. No. Yeah, and and, and and exactly. I mean, remember Deep Space Nine, they, they fiddled with having Julian Bashir. And in Voyager, they had, unfortunately, Andy Dick be a... Yup. Which is, honest to God, if i am just been hit by a phaser or a batleth, the last thing I want to look at in sickbay is Andy yes. Dick leaning over me. Controversy acknowledged. Um, this, was in, this was, I believe, news radio was still on TV, so it wasn't as... It wasn't as problematic then as it is now even still i (laughs) wouldn't want andy dick leading no but uh but no so yeah so that was again a me question that we had but not knowing that it was you know one long pilot and that we should wait those were a lot one of the things that that came up like well how did this happen you know and it just yeah if you remove some of the filler and some of the slow points you could boil those three episodes down to about an hour and 10 minutes i agree and i'm sure you know in this in this day of tech you know technology somebody's going to yeah i would like to see a fan cut of the first three mm. that just boils it down to the hard points and, and and does away with some of the sweeping images of the vineyard and the picard sitting there looking pensive in his rocking chair yeah when they co- and, and when they covered this uh the first episode on uh, give me that star trek uh the host is on that on that show is a french canadian he was like it could not be more obvious that that is a ca- vineyard in california Oh yeah, there's mountains in the background and the uh... yeah, the architecture style is obviously Napa and everything in there. But uh, um, I don't know. I think the biggest interesting thing that I found from it and is 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 he's basically set up like a makeshift Romulan refugee colony there. The staff on the grounds and everything, or well, we've only seen two. When you're talking about Picard, I, I Picard seen, at um, I thought I've seen others working in the field who who, who looked Romulan and he just didn't meet them. Maybe um, I do find it interesting that you know they're at both admitted uh, Tal Shiar members. Um, I'm more, I'm honestly more interested in this idea that they introduced in the third episode about the final known Borg attack being on this Romulan ship. And they're something they're creeping towards, which I have never really thought about before is how long does the uh, organic part of a Borg stay alive? I mean, you could find people that are from Kirk's era that have knowledge about stuff like that. And I think that's what this, uh, this Romulan woman we just saw is probably very, very old. Well, no, they, they said that the, all the known Romulans that were assimilated were from that last Borg attack. But it was supposed to be really, really classified. Right. But when, so I, I, I don't think she's from Kirk's era. Okay. Now, granted, I do believe that they could have them because 
again, jumping around, we had that episode uh, in Enterprise where they talked about uh, Borg being frozen in the ice and stuff like mm. that. And so, you know, and then you've also got humans that are living just even without organic, without augmentations to be 100, 140, 150 in the Star Trek yep. universe. Um, I think it's interesting that the last Borg attack that they had happened to be Hughes Borg Q. Was it? Well, that he he was on that cube. He referenced that was. I mean, he he. That's why he's the. He was one of the rescued Borg there. Because I thought that. Um, I mean, I may be I wrong. I just watched on the. That. Des- I just watched the descent. They did. Um, I don't. Th- I think uh, he was part of a kind of a different set of Borg that we really don't know what happened to. But they weren't using cubes anymore. They were just kind of doing okay. random shapes. Now, um, heavily interested in. Uh, is what the deal with the uh, the mother character is that we've now seen in the first and third episodes? If that's actually a person at the other end of a com, or if that's or if that's a program that was built for uh, to activate these uh, these two synth women? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting. It's I, I, I'm betting it's like a program or an artificial intelligence thing. Especially because she was saying that you know her sister was still alive and, and just, wanted to get the dog and everything. And the way they go about it just didn't seem very human. And it sounds like that. It sounds like they've referenced there being a father too. Yeah, I'm sure who, this whole family has a synthetic or who a, may end up being Bruce Maddox. It could be. It very well could be. That's. Um, I'm, that was actually one of the highlights for me, is that they is that they're going back and grabbing fr- so many little elements from the series. Mm-hmm. Like Bruce Maddox appeared in one episode. He was referenced later on, yeah. but you only saw him in one episode, and he's only intended to be there to, to kind of you know, steal data away and everything. But the fact that you know. You really expanded on such a minor character is something we almost only ever see in the books. Yeah. And and the you know and the fact that that yeah that they're doing it and they've built basically they're building an entire series around this guy is pretty interesting. Yeah, I've been, and that's kind of one of the complaints that people have that are diehard uh, original series fans is that everything else is just kind of a fan fiction thing. Now we, I think you and I could agree we we both come from a place where it's that later generation. You're more of a Deep Space Nine guy. I'm more of a Next Generation guy. And I, now in my late 30s, almost 40s, am really starting to get into these um, Star Trek novels that I missed. And uh, I think I'm going to throw a lot of the uh, post-Nemesis novels out with the bathwater after the whole B4 thing. But again, we don't... Now that we know that we don't know everything that the characters know about the Mars attack, because uh, we begin, so we begin with the Mars attack, making it sound like the attack was on the fleet that was going to go save the Romulans. Then they say, no, there was never going to be a fleet used to do that. There was so there are a bunch of species that objected; those ships weren't ever going to be used for that. Is what the is what the uh, admiral told uh, Picard when he goes o- over there. So it's interesting that you know the historical record of what Starfleet has to say about it are so different. I think well, no, I agree. I think it was one of those they were going to build the fleet. 
They told Picard they were going to use it for that. I don't think it was ever public that, no, we were never intended. It was one of those, we're going to build it, and we're going to tell Picard we're going to use it, but officially they were going to use it, like, on the record. But off the record and behind closed doors, this fleet was going to be repurposed for something else. Yeah, and that's what... That's why he mentions um, Dunkirk, is that the people that worked to get the Romulans out were not Starfleet. They were just people that happened to have ships that could carry Romulans. And that, and the other thing that they've now brought in is that the supernova is continuing to expand. There's all these other worlds that are in that solar system where that sun went supernova that are being destroyed. And going back to the Mars fleet yard for a minute, I, I, I think it's interesting to note that in the... In, and this is canon, they announced... In the prequel comic book, which I haven't yet read, I'm, I'm trying to get my hands on a copy, um, Jordy is in charge, was put in charge of building the fleet. Okay. On the engineering side. He's running the yard mm -hmm. at Mars. Uh, he was brought in by Picard to do this specifically. Hmm. Um, I don't know what happens to Jordy. It's interesting because he's not, he's not set to appear, in, at least yeah. in the first season. Well, his, Whether his, he lives or dies, because they destroyed not just the fleet yard, but the whole colony on Mars, and Mars still is still alive. burning. He's still alive. They mentioned him in um, when he was talking to the Romulans that he lives with about getting a team together. They mentioned Worf, LaForge, and um, and Riker. Okay, so, so Jordy's still alive. Jordy's still alive. Okay, so so that's good. Um, I thought it was interesting that Dr. Crusher is just completely not mentioned at all. But it's like scene. people move on. I mean, I know that, again, be, you know, being a Next Generation person and having a Next Generation podcast, I've had to kind of see how Picard hangs on to stuff because we had these early episodes about, you know, a woman that he spent a couple of weeks with and felt guilty for the rest of his life to meet her in a cafe. So I'm sure no matter how... He and Crusher parted ways. There's going to be some level of regret there. There is, but you just it would it just seems especially the way things were ending, especially in in the end of like in the in Nemesis. Yes, it, there's a great deleted scene in Nemesis that again contradicts what they do in the novels later. Uh, actually, uh, broke off on a thought in the books before basically becomes Data. Which we don't know for a fact some, that something like that didn't happen. But they show a deleted scene also of Crusher is back at Starfleet Medical. And, you know, transporter technology being what it is, Picard could transport over there anytime he wants to and have dinner. And she makes him the offer. And he's like, yeah, at some point. He's not, he's not gung-ho to do this. So that's where, that's where we left things with, uh, with Crusher is. Yeah, it's just, you know, it'd be interesting, you know, again, you'd think there'd be some sort of follow-up on that. I'm sure it'll happen. Um, uh, the, you know, and, and I, I've read a fair share of the post-Nemesis books myself, um, even the most recent ones. And they do, you know, yeah, yeah, before, it's, in, in, a, in, a, in the in majority of the ones, the one that follow the same one, yeah, Data does become B4, but I don't think they're going to go that route. No, and I'm kind of happy about in that. In this one. There was a level of... I, I ran right back and watched Nemesis after I watched the first episode of Picard just because, you know, we've kind of had it in our heads. And I even I even had that glimmer of hope at the end of Nemesis that you know, 
yeah, something might happen with uh, with B four to make him become data. But I now that now that we know that that didn't quite work out, and also um, Allison Pill's character, the the doctor has said that B four is not a data prototype; it is a data, it is an inferior data copy, and it seems like we're at a, we're at a time where um, you can copy a human as a you know um, emergency medical hologram or an emergency uh, navigator <clears throat> and the synths on the utopia planitia were fairly realistic we're probably going to i i don't know if we're going to find out that the romulans had something to do with uh, the creation of b4 or not but um, i'm betting they have nothing to do with the creation of b4 okay um, that was just something, and even, even in Nemesis, he references that he didn't create them, that he found them and just yeah. added a, a USB port to the back of his head. Mm. It's possible that you could come back and find that the Romulans stole him from somewhere. Yeah, which would be interesting, and I would like, I would honestly like like it if they uh, got uh, Tom Hardy back and some flashbacks to do that, because, and again, this is. You know, all that we know that happened before um, Picard is Nemesis. And Shinzon, Tom Hardy's character, the clone of Picard, had quite a storied history in the Dominion War. He won like 12 major battle campaigns and stuff. And my biggest gripe with that movie was that Shinzon was too good of a character to just be in a movie. He should have been in a multi-episode plot of uh, Next Generation. Yeah, and but that you know again at the time they needed him you know to make his backstory work, the Dominion War would didn't happen during the Next Generation series. Um, it would have been interesting if uh, if one of the movies had taken place because um, we know Insurrection takes place during the Dominion War. Mm. That if they'd done one of the movies during the Dominion War, or something like that, and and you came across Shins on that way. Or if well, they, or if no, they brought, if they brought Shinzon maybe into Deep Space Nine for some reason, there was no planning between movies at all. Yeah, though they're all just kind of because thrown together because they had to find a reason for Worf to be back for Insurrection, yeah. and everyone's just like, "Hey, look, it's Worf. He's back. Let's move well, on." Well, because only Worf could turn off Data. Yeah, so catch him and turn him off. Um, but you know, going back to it, yeah, I. I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a flashback to, to how what's going on with B4. I would be very interested and I and I and I almost kind of think what'll happen is is they'll f- is they'll find a way to basically make data into a hologram. Yeah. Um unless they use unless they use Brent Spiner just for flashbacks is they'll figure out how to get or recover his memory engrams or something like that and and like you said, you can make these holograms look like anything. Yeah. Picard will just, in nostalgia, upload them into something and maybe have a holographic data. Yeah. Kind of follow them around. I can, see, I can see them joking with that where it's like <clears throat> they only have like a holographic data that's, you know, wearing the wig and the dress. They only have a holographic data that's a musketeer. Uh, no, I, I, I don't, because they don't seem to have that kind of humor in this series. This is a little bit of a darker series. Um, in the this is more of a this is actually more of a Deep Space Nine tone than a Next Generation. Yeah. it's not the whole 
you know, Star Trek The Next Generation was still the whole utopia Earth thing. Hey, yes, we're, you know, the mighty Federation and we're always right and we're always morally superior. We're living and we're finding that Starfleet is not that way. It's a darker thing. You have Mars has been burning for like 15 years and yeah. tens of thousands of people are dead. And you've got Starfleet is just, yeah, you, know, you find out that, yeah, we were okay. We were going to tell Picard we were going to save the, the, the Romulans, but we're kind of okay just letting them all die in a supernova blast. Mm. And, 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 you know, you just deal with it. And, yeah, we're, we're finding out, you know, uh, again, a, a darker side of, the, uh, of, of, the, uh, of, of them. Maybe it's because of the, their experiences in the war with the Dominion, or maybe because they still hold... Uh, a grudge from the you know the Romulan War, which was, on a Star Trek historical note, the reason the Federation was founded, was founded in the aftermath of the Romulan mm. Earth War. Mm. That's why when they talk about the Federation's oldest enemy, it was originally the coalition of planets that collapsed during the war, and then afterwards, because Earth had won in the, in the in the Romulan War, they were able to they were able to use that as leverage. To, to basically blackmail the Vulcans into joining and impress everybody else to, to join. Yep. The head of Starfleet sec uh, security, that Vulcan woman, mm -hmm. is a Commodore. That's not a rank they've referenced since the original series. Yeah. They've all been admirals in Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Um, they referenced it once in Enterprise. Um, and was it a Vulcan who was the Commodore? Or? In in the Picard series? No, and in, in Enterprise. No, it was uh, it was it was a flashback uh, when, when it was when they were doing the uh, the the flashback where Archer's remembering the 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 warp uh, the warp two test flights. Ah. And Admiral Forrest was then Commodore Forrest. Okay. And and the Commodore is a lower is in in, in naval ranking basically the equivalent of a a one star admiral. Ah. Um, I don't think the United States Navy has ever had a Commodore. Uh, it's mostly a British thing. Uh, they were designed to give uh, a flag rank and responsibilities to somebody without having to pay them mm. or give them that status. It was because you know it was, it was a cheap way of promoting somebody. It's like giving somebody a title without the money yep. or the raise. Gee, I wonder what that's like. Yeah, and uh, and we saw it rampant in uh, in in the original series. In fact, you almost never saw an admiral. It was always Commodore this and Commodore that. And then, uh, again, and then you go to Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, and they're all admirals. Same and, with uh, Discovery. I don't think we've seen a Commodore on Discovery. Yeah, we didn't have, there weren't any Commodores on there. They were all admirals. And you didn't see, you, you, the only time you saw a degree in admiral was when they would reference fleet admirals, mm. which were basically the equivalent of a four-star mm. or a five-star admiral. But they all had the same rank insignia. And now, you know, they're, they're, that's, I thought that was interesting, kind of a throwback that they're showing... You know this middle rank again is a, you know it's like a blue collar admiral. It's yeah. one you'd send to do to go out and do work and not just sit behind a desk. Yeah, that that was the only other really interesting point that I saw that I that I thought was was interesting when they when they did it. I, I'm hoping the pace quickens a little bit more. There's a little too much Picard looking pensive and contemplating and just just a lot. There's a lot of talking and there's a lot of philosophizing. I guess you could say. Yeah, right that's now. Picard it's, though. It is, but it's just. It's like the guy that he's talking about uh, when they're coming back from the conference where time speeds up and he's like, you just kept talking and talking, drifting from topic to topic. It was really quite hypnotic. Yeah, hopefully again in the next episode we'll, 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 we'll get to see a little bit more. I know it looks like they're going to that Romulan colony. 
I don't think it's a Romulan colony. It's called, uh, I think it's like... Free Cloud. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it looks like a colony because they got, it's basically a bunch of Romulans living in huts. Oh, if that's even Free Cloud, which I'm betting that, that what they showed there is not, what they showed in the preview for the next episode, I'm betting is not Free Cloud. I'm more interested about everybody else except Picard. Yeah. I really don't, for some reason, I don't care about what Picard has been doing and what he is doing and what he's going to be doing. I'm a nostalgia person, so I'm like, I kind of want to know what Hugh's been doing, the, the the rescued Borg, for the last... That was exciting to see him. You know, for the last so many years and stuff like that. I want to find out what happened to Seven of Nine when she got back to Earth. I really, really want to see a flashback scene of the of Voyager basically landing. They did this in one of the comics. And Seven of Nine, you know, like, at Starfleet Command, being debriefed and meeting Picard for the first mm-hmm. time. Because you know he would go out of his way, wherever he was, yeah, to, to meet to her. Yeah, to find her, yes. To meet her. The same, I would like to find out if he knows Hugh is still around. Because you know he would make con- he would have made contact with Hugh. Yeah. Especially if there's this big research of, or this big, you know, hospital set up in this Borg cube of... A reclaimed Borg, and you know they they referenced in this that the Romulans are the only the current owner of this Borg cube, so it's standing to realize that other species or other you know races, alien races, have had possession of this Borg cube. That would be interesting, yeah. Because they yeah you know they when when that when that reference guy is talking about it, he says, you know we're you know the Romulans are only the the most current one to have it, so they were you know you know is it possible that the the I doubt the Klingons had it. No, because they be just the, smash it up. Yeah, the, the Cardassians could have... Well, the Cardassians at this point were pretty nothing. But the Federation most likely would have had it. I'm hoping that if the Federation does, it's not one of those Section 31 things, because I've had my... Yeah, I don't want... Section 31. Yeah, that's the one show I'm not looking forward to, is Michelle Yeoh's Section 31. Um, yeah, I don't think the Federation probably had that cube before, because like, that would have gone over really poorly that, they got, that somehow the Romulans got it. It would have had to have stolen it or something and that or they gave we picked it clean and we farmed it out to I mean we don't know what the current status with the Romulans is so we we, we, we really don't know do we did we farm this because there's a lot of non-romulans and on here and that the, that that uh, that Dodge's sister who's the Android mm-hmm. is working there who talks to her parents well, her family is a, are Federation citizens, and they know she's there. So this isn't some clandestine thing. They reference one of the other people when she meets that person for the when she says, "Hey, is this your first time in the queue? Don't worry, you know there hasn't been an assimilation in you know years and stuff like that." Well, they said that Dodge was a was a plant to begin with. So we're a gonna... plant, yeah, a plant as an as an android plant. But if she's got a, you know, she referenced and she's mentioned openly that she's got a sister. Yes, but she had no backstory. What, what the Tal Shiar woman told Picard was she had no backstory before that night when she got attacked. There was no record of her. Nobody knew her at the school. Nobody knew. Right, but I'm just saying is they, they've set this up there. Some, they? so that, and then they've got that, like I said, her friend that she meets She got you for know, the first time yeah. when, when they comes in there. It stands to believe that this is not, I mean, it might be like a top secret thing, like a, like a, like a, a research facility. But it's not so clandestine that only because Rom- you don't see only Romulans. That's there. true. Yeah, you've seen so many other alien races who are coming in and working there, and they reference, "Hey, I've been waiting years to come in and do this and and work on this thing." That it's I don't know. It's it, it'd be it'd be interesting to find out if this is just something that. 
they farmed out to the Romulans because, you know, look, we know the Romulans can be more, you know, brutal and, and, and can do the kind of dirty work that we don't want to do. Again, again, I'm more interested to see what's going on there and, and whatnot and than, than I am with Picard stumbling about in the universe. It's yeah. just I mean we wanna see we wanna see that those characters come back and I think we've been you know, we've been told who we're gonna see. It doesn't look like he's staying in Space the whole time, unless Riker lives on another planet. And it looks like when he runs into Seven of Nine, he's back at the Chateau as well, or he's at Riker, or he's at Riker's house. I mean, I couldn't tell from that scene where he was, but we do know that's coming. And she's in five episodes of the show too, so she's got to be showing up here pretty quick. Yeah, and uh, I mean Riker, they could also be on Beta Z. They could, which I think would be actually really cool. Yeah, is to have them on Beta Z living. You know, it, it, you know, there. There's yeah. There, there's any, there's any number of things that could happen. I would really love them. Really love them to make a stop at Deep Space Nine on their way somewhere. That'd be interesting. Well, just, that's the. I just that just occurred to me is that like if um, we don't know if the character's dead, but with Majel Barrett being dead, she's rich, 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 rich. So that's what I'm saying. She would have inherited her mom's yeah. estate and everything <laughs> else. So it's one of those. You know, her mom died and Deanna Troy left Starfleet to go back to Beta Z to assume the role of whatever diplomatic role her yeah. mother had, and Riker went with her. Yeah. You know, there's another thing, like I said, so they referenced, but they're referencing, you know, Voyager characters in this. Yeah. You know, Admiral Janeway would still be around in this. She was yeah. high up with this Borg stuff. I doubt she's going to make an appearance, but it would be interesting if they referenced her. But I would really love for them to go... Just, you know, hey, we got to stop at Deep Space Nine for something. It'd be an excuse to get Quark. Yeah, if he's still there. You know, or, or, or something like that, you know, or, or, or anything like that. Or just, you know, just, just something something like that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of potential for this, to, for, for follow-up. This is the first series after all of these things yeah, for the next it's a big, generation. It's a, it's a big deal. And uh, um, I'm excited, again, like I said, I'm excited to see where it goes. I can't see them really squeezing more than than two out of this. I really hope not. It's just it's a very specific thing they're doing. This I mean, this all stemmed out of to me is because he did um, Patrick Stewart did Logan, and you got to see Professor X get old and die, and you're like uh, Picard deserves to have that story told. Now I know a lot of people are like, why can't why can't he have a happy end? Why does he have to be this bitter, regretful old man that, like, the big thing, the big, last big thing that he tried to do failed? He could end, he could end happily in this. Depends your definition of happy. Yeah. And this, his happy ending could be him dying for a worthy cause, finally. Again, you remember in Tapestry, he'd rather die on the table of his heart being melted than live his life as a small, regretful man. So, I, I could see Picard deciding if I'm, you know, I'm dying, could, you know, this is my last hurrah. I mean, again, and I brought this up before, it's also possible, and they've confirmed that he still has it, is that Eremotic Syndrome that causes hallucinations yes. from all good things. Yes. Honest to God, they could have that this series ends with him basically in a Star Trek, insa a Starfleet insane asylum, and he's imagined this whole thing, the, the, the you know, er everything after the, 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 yeah, the shockwave that, 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 that broke him. And then he's just sitting there. I don't want much. him to be Don Quixote like that, though. But that would be an interesting way to end it. And then that's just. I guess I was a, that's a little close to uh, it's a little too close to Benny Sisko for my taste, but it is. But we'll see. We'll we'll see where it goes. Uh, any more final thoughts? Or? I no. That's all I got for okay. now. I'm looking forward to this week's episode. Yes. 
coming up. Uh, again, this this podcast has covered the first three episodes. Yeah, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll dip in and out. Um, we'd like to, we'd like to be weekly, but you know we'll we'll do it when we have we have time to get together. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Scott and Chris at the Two True Freaks for uh, letting us come on and talk about this show. I know uh, there are plenty of other people that are going to ha- be uh, voicing their opinions on the show. Um, and we'll, we'll have some guests along the way, too. We'll let you know. Uh, and uh, as LeVar Burton used to say, we'll see you next time.